welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, coming to you live with Dapuma for episode number 48 of our podcast. Yep. Welcome back. It's been a while. We're out for like, what, three weeks? We've been out for so long that I totally forgot about how to do the intro. Yep, it's fine. I didn't it's fine. The I'm the pride and joy oh, yes. of Merrimack, New Hampshire. Yes. It's great. It's fine. I, I totally it's forgot, fine. dude. It's been that long. You know, we got a lot of dust to, you know, knock off and shit. It's fine. Yeah. It's okay. So how are you? We're back for another episode. We've been gone for four weeks, man. What did you do in your time off? It's good. You know, I went up. I recently just went up to the 603, saw my parents. Uh, they just got their forever home. They just finished the, the purchasing uh, process. They have to go back down in a couple of weeks down to Myrtle Beach to finalize the closing. But uh, everything's good on their end. They're excited to finally retire, and rightfully so. Saw Freddie from the podcast. Oh, how's Freddie doing? My boy Freddie. It, 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 he was great. It was funny because I hadn't seen him in like a like basically a decade. Oh. So we went to college together, and we would talk every now and then. But like the podcast is what really brought us back together. So Brandon, that's what we're all about. The yep. podcast is all about bringing people together, right? Yep. Yep, I told occasion. him. I told him like, yo, next time, he, you know, Jay, if Jay comes up here, dinner's on him. And he's like, yo, I feel like I already know Jay, dude. So listen, I tell you what, I think the greatest compliment anybody can ever give me is if I meet them and they say by listening to your podcast, I know who you are. Yep, I think that's that's like the best compliment you can get. You know, yeah. So that's what I'm trying to aim for, bro. So he's uh, he's stoked. It was a good time. Good time catching up with him and and whatnot and. Freddie, you're my boy, all right? Hit up some B-dubs. Haven't been to B-dubs in a long time, so that was nice, fun. Nice, nice. Get you a little uh, Parmesan garlic action. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a little yeah. parm garlic, little honey barbecue. I remember those days. Yep. I remember those days. Yep. How's uh, Mama and Papa Silva? Did you say I said hello? Yes, I did. I said, you know, Jay Chima, your other son, said, what's up? Yep. And they said, what's happening? So what? What's popping? What's popping, homies? <laughs> I mean, they, they basically said that, yo, so. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So let me know something about you, Brandon. Oh, boy. What? <laughs> Whenever you say that, what do you it's, mean? It's, it's always a gem. It's always a gem. Let me, I just run, want... let, me run, let me run something by you real quick. Well, I just want to run something by you. Like the whole, what was it? The breakup The breakup idea? We're oh, gonna the be breakup a moving, app? We're going to be a moving company Yeah, now? the breakup app where I go and I facilitate a breakup. I think it's a genius idea. Yeah, about, about that. I feel okay. like I'm the next Elon Musk. Okay. I've What's, got so many great ideas. What's the next genius idea? What do you got to run it's by not, me? It's not a genius idea. It's more some advice, right? Okay. Um, so I recently moved into a new place about three, four months ago, right? Yeah. And uh, I live with some great roommates, um, Nicole and Nick, some of my dearest friends. Um, unfortunately, Nicole and Nick have been gone for a good, like, three or four months. Ever I was going to say, since so I moved in. <laughs> they have an out-of-body experience? <laughs> so ever since I moved in, they've been gone, right? Yep. Now, before before they left, they went, they were on this five-month tour, like, over to New Zealand to see Nick, uh, Nick's parents. And then they're going to do, like, some, you know, hopping around the globe kind of bullshit, right? right. Japan, um, Europe, Dubai, all that shit, right? Yeah. Now, before uh, they left, uh, Nicole looks at me, and she very, 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 like, intently looks at me and says, Jay, listen, there's really no rules here. This is your house. Do what you want to do with it, you know? I'm like, all right, cool. Except for one thing. But? She's like, except for one thing. I'm like, sure, what's the one thing? She's like, there's a plant upstairs that I need you to water for me at least every three days just to make sure it's so going to survive. Dead. Now, unfortunately, I haven't watered it in like a month and a half. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's starting to turn brown. So my question to you is, Brandon, do I go buy a new one and replace it immediately? Like, what's the deal here? I mean, and there's a kicker here. Because of coronavirus, they might be coming home early. They might be coming home like in a week and a half kind of oh, thing. Oh, I guess you're you're screwed. So you what do to, I do here? Do I try to rush it back to help to buy a new plant? I mean, yeah. Do I, do I just replace the plant and hope she doesn't notice? Is it like one of those goldfish things, you know? I, I mean, I think so. Because, I mean, how early are they coming back at to just water something jay once every it's that's two times Listen, a week that's a big burden to it's put on two, somebody to water every three days two times a week Dude, two times a week that's, a that's lot, like bro. 10 seconds out of the things you send on ig messenger that's one <laughs> message less said every 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 week you just send you just you just put the damn water in the damn plant well listen i, I want to be a good roommate man so like i'm trying my best well, i guess to... i guess now you gotta buy the damn plant <laughs> Now you're gonna buy the so plant. What do, I do? do I take a picture of that plant? Just go to like the Home Depot and ask for one more one of those plants. I mean, do we even know what kind of plant it is? I have no fucking idea. It's gotta bro. be a succulent. I sent you a picture, right? Yeah. Do I look like a like a botanist? Yeah. Do I look like I'm working home from Depot? Brazil? There's plants everywhere down there. I feel like you should be an expert. Oh my god. <laughs> my god. Just just go to Home Depot. Just just. It, I think it's a giant succulent, if anything. Yeah. So just find a giant one. Just go. Just do mix and match. Be like, oh, this is close enough. It's just, dude. Every two days, like what, what, every three days. Every three days. That's a so, lot. So twice a week. That's a lot, man. Twice a week. All right. Then what are you doing? What are you doing? Dude, I got so much shit going on. Like what? A lot of that you can't just fill a cup of water and pour in the damn plant for what? What? Once every three days. And I've been overcompensating the last like three, yeah, four so days. Yeah. So now you're drowning. So now it. I'm drowning in like a gallon of water a day. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Because I run online. You know what? You know what, Jay? Walk me, walk the listeners through a day in the life of Jay Chimba. So that that derails you just filling an eight ounce cup of water to put the plant. Usually, I wake up at eight o'clock, right? Okay. Uh, I shower and I get ready for work and I'm out the door by like eight forty, right? Okay. I'm at work by nine, right? I work nine to five. Um, I come home around five thirty ish, right? Um, I like, you know, get some food in me and I go to the gym, right? Um, usually I get back around like 8.30ish, that's time to shower up real quick, get some dinner, and before you know it, I'm passing on the couch. Like, where can I fit in a plant in that schedule? Before you leave. Uh, but I'm like, after you, before, before you I leave, leave for work. Before I leave, I'm in a rush to get to... Before, oh, I'm sorry. You turn the faucet on for three seconds, you fill a friggin' solo cup up full of water and you pour it into the damn thing. So, before you leave, when you come back... Before you go to the gym, and then before you go into the coma on the couch. Before I go into the coma on the couch, is going to be difficult because, like, when I lay down after a workout, I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? But I think I think I'm going to fit it in into like that like post work before like the gym kind of. I sit. mean, you don't have to worry about it now because now you just have to worry about buying a new plan. Well, so now my new my other dilemma is like if they're not going to come back in a week and a half and they're just going to skip Japan and go to like the they go to like the European countries on their on their trip, they're still going to be gone for two more months. So like. I feel like I should just, like, let this plant die off, and then, like, a week before they come, I just go and buy a new one, and everything's all happy, right? I mean, I hope it's the same size. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, you know? I'm not going to buy one that's, like, two, three I don't know, Jay. <laughs> Once every three days is a little bit of a struggle right now. So... I feel like you would not have understood the story, even if I told it to you. An eight-ounce cup of water, dude. Come know, on. That, that's why, like, you know, I can never have a pet or, like, a baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you like, want to do, like, timeshare <laughs> with the kid or certified pre-owned. Next thing you know, Jay has his own Netflix special. 
<laughs> the trials of the J- trials of Jay Chima. Brandon, I tell you what, any listeners out there, do not watch the trials of Gabriel Fernandez. It is one of the most emotional things I've ever seen, dude. Like it is fucked up what happened to this kid. Like I can't. I'm not gonna spoil it to for you people, but go watch it and you'll be horrified. Yep. Gotta... Dude, they, they kept this kid in a in a drawer. Well, I'm sorry, a cabinet, like a big cabinet, the size of his fridge, and that's where he slept in for like months. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up, dude. Right? Was he No, it was his oh, mom. Step, step, oh, mom. It was his mom and his uh, boyfriend that did that to him. Yeah, fucked mm-hmm. up, dude. Um, well, this episode is going to be uh, fairly light. Um, it is the off season. We're going to do game of the week, which is real or fake sports teams. After that, we'll talk about the CBA, and then we'll jump. Sorry about that. We'll jump into the uh, combine coverage. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said. All right, Puma. So, do you know what is the one benefit of being in the offseason? Too much free time on our hands? Well, that, plus the game of the week is back. Oh, snap. This week's game, right, right, is real or fake sports teams' names. Okay. Now, the idea I found this list that gave me some of the most bizarre names possible for sports teams. And I was like, you know what? This would be a great game. So, it's very simple. I got five uh, questions for you. I'll give you two teams. One is a real team. One's a fake team. I have to guess which one's the fake. You got it. Okay. Um, all right. So the first one being the Lancaster Beanstalks or the Freeburg Midgets, which is the real team? The real team. Yep. I'll go with the Midgets. You're correct. <laughs> is it a minor league baseball the team? The Midgets are an Illinois high school team. Midgets. Midgets. I that's, shit you not. That's great. Yep. Um, there's apparently some sort of like massive issue because the, uh, what was this? The Little People of America group urged the district to change the name, but they voted that down. I was going to say. a great quote from the secretary, Kim Tower, says, once a midget, always a midget. That's awesome. <laughs> and they kept the Oh, name. my God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So you are one for one. Let me get back to my notes here. Where'd that go? All right. <laughs> exactly right. We do need some game show music back here. Yes. The second one being the Palmdale mozzarella sticks or the Montgomery biscuits. I'm going to go with the biscuits as the real team. You're correct. Two for two, a double A baseball team. Yep. Yep. I think the... that popped up on uh, minor league baseball's IG page. Yeah. Did you see their little uh, mascot? It's just like a, it's like a round, very delicious looking biscuit yep. running around. That's, that's on bread. Yep. I, I mean, it's a biscuit on legs. It looks God, amazing. I love minor league baseball. <laughs> um, the Des Moines Community College Fighting Mushrooms. Or the Scottsdale Community College Fighting Artichokes? Which one's the real I'll go one? with the shrooms. It's the artichokes. Really? The Scottsdale Community College Fighting Artichokes. I, I never knew Scottsdale was known for its artichokes. Yeah. So, fun fact. There we go. Okay. Number four. The uh, Lubbock Paper Dispensers? <laughs> or the Santa Barbara Banana Slugs? Oh, Banana Slugs. That's a real team. You are correct. NCAA yep. Division Three College. The, the reason why I know that? Yeah. Pulp Fiction. Oh. At the end of the movie, after they blow Marvin's head off in the back of the car, John Travolta's character kills Marvin in the back. Um, they end up cleaning the car out and whatnot. John Travolta's character, I believe, ends up getting the Banana Slugs t-shirt because they had to change clothes because mm. it was covered in blood. Okay. Yep. Great looking mascot. 
Mm-hmm. I bet. <laughs> I bet because it looked dope on the T-shirt, and that was in 1993 or 94. I tell you what, I'm not a big fan of Quentin Tarantino movies. Even Pulp Fiction, I didn't, I didn't find fascinating or it didn't blow me away. Well, like Pulp Fiction's out of order too. Like yeah. it's filmed out of order and, and stuff like that. I mean, I think the the Bruce Willis storyline is actually where like the movie is supposed to begin. Yeah. But okay, number five, the Dunbar poets or the Evansville's uh, letter carriers. Let me go with the poets. You are correct. Oh, you oh, are four I'm for five. Fire. The Denver Poets are a, high, are a Maryland high school team. Like, who the fuck names their their? I mean, you got uh, Edgar Allan Poe. You know, quote. Oh, the Raven, I'm so Nevermore. scared. The poets are gonna dunk on me. Quote the <laughs> quote the Raven Nevermore. Here comes the Denver Poets. Come, Come on, on, man. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. Dead Poet Society. <laughs> oh, Captain, my Captain. And that's essentially the game of the week. That's it? Yeah. That's it. I only had five. I didn't have much time this week to... Oh, between yeah, I mean, you know, my busy yeah, schedule of, you know... Fit that in. Well, listen, I, I have been I, taking I care... I looked at the plant for three seconds <laughs> and I kind of watered the damn thing. I have been the last few days given massive attention to the plant. Yeah, now you're drowning it. Now, now, it's, now you're waterboarding it. The, the plant thinks it's in Guantanamo Bay. Camp X-Ray. I feel bad for the poor plant, Jesus, man. about to kill the damn thing. Yeah. All I had to do was just water it. No, I read online I can still salvage the situation. Now, the bottom part of it, it's done. Like, it's so bad. The roots are so dead. There's a couple of, um, like, from the, from the base, there's a couple of roots that are so coming up there. have to do, rip it out, cut the bottoms off, and put it in a new pot. So what I got to do is I got to cut out that part. Um, I think the other other roots are fine coming out of the uh, the base. And on top of that, I actually got to cut out the brown pieces of the leaves in V-shapes, apparently. And it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna go. With, it's gonna get a haircut here soon. So I mean, I feel like it shouldn't be complaining. It's gonna look all jazzy here soon. You feel me? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, let's see. You might cut off the wrong shit, and it might die. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Plant emergent surgery. Yeah, yeah. Right? Next on TLC after exactly. ninety day fiance. Uh, okay, cool. So there's really only two things we want to get to this week. Um, we're gonna give you a quick rundown of the CBA update. There's a lot of back and forth coming out um, from both parties, and then we'll give you our quick and person uh, uh quick um uh, impressions of the uh, the first three days of the nfl combine so far um i've got three or four players i wanted to highlight but i'll turn it over to you real quick to get the rundown of the cba um yeah. essentially there's a lot that happened and i feel like you do a great job explaining things yes so take it away mr so dunbar poet the last time <laughs> the last time we were here we we were talking during the the super bowl and after the super bowl we took a couple of weeks off and during that time frame uh, the NFL owners kind of pushed through at warp speed a, a CBA proposal that included a 17th game and uh, expanded playoffs and expanded revenue share for the players. I think it would have gotten up to like 48% to 52% in the favor of ownership. The, the players would have gotten like 47 If they went to a 17th game, it could have gotten up to 48 and a half, depending on what the TV deals were. And you know, limited preseason and whatnot. But the kicker was was that the 17th game, the game check would be capped off at like $250,000. So there was a lot of pushback at that. The following day was voted on by the players' executive committee, and uh, they voted not to put this in front of the entire board uh, of players, 32 representatives, uh, to vote on it. So they reconvened at the Combine, 
And after four or five hours of meeting at various hotels and teleconferencing and whatnot, uh, the, the final vote was 17 uh, in favor, 14 against, and one vote abstaining to put this in front of the NFLPA player body, which is about 2,000 players. And all they need is a simple majority to vote on this to approve it. Question. So if I have this correct, and just like the audience is listening right now, it goes in a three-tier vote, correct? It goes the player uh, player's executive committee, correct? So it would go the the um, the executive committee, yep. which is like I think twelve people, yeah. and and their vote isn't final. Well, they 17, just vote whether or not they should put it. One, right? So the the executive committee yep. is I think like I said like about eight people, ten yeah. people, something like that. They don't. They're not the final vote. They can vote to either recommend this for a fun, yeah. for a vote in front of the players, mm-hmm. or to not recommend that this goes in front of the player reps. But the funny thing is, even if they not, do not recommend it, it can still go down the line, right? So right. it goes committee. It goes board of uh, director of players, right? Right. And so then the, the mass reps. general uh, election for right. all the players, right? Right. Now, the funny thing is, it can still get to the mass general elec- uh, the mass general election for all how many thousands of players there are, even if both steps of above it doesn't approve it to go more move forward you know what i'm saying right essentially they're just safeguards put in that try to look out for the best interest of the players but this could directly go to all the players and have a simple majority of 51 percent, and it can get ratified right but i think there is a clause somewhere down the line where either the executive committee or the 32 player reps could trump that tom pelicero does a great job of reporting the ins and outs of the the NFLPA constitution and where the league and the players union stands. But, you know, lately there's been a lot of pushback from the players that have made their money saying that this isn't a good deal. They shouldn't take it. Whereas younger players like DK Metcalf have come out and said that they're going to vote in favor of the deal. Then you have players like Mark, uh, Marquise Pouncey going on a tirade oh on Marquise Instagram. Marquise Pouncey, shut the fuck up. I mean, you know what? He ain't, I don't think he's wrong. Here, here's my take out of the whole thing. I think, yeah, the, they have been negotiating for, for over 10 months, but... The fact of how fast they're trying to get this done with the fact that the stock market has taken a bigger beating than I have at times over the last week. Oh, boy, uh, it's it's fallen bad. almost you know, 2,000, 3,000 points. I read that somewhere they lost $6 trillion this week in yeah. the stock market. I mean, it's been it's the worst week since the, the 2008 you know, financial crisis. So you have that. Uh, Bernie Sanders winning a couple of states and possibly getting the nomination is freaking you know the, the upper echelon of rich folk out, and that includes the owners of the NFL teams and and other things like that. I just think with how fast they're trying to push this through because of those instances, because they're trying to get the new TV deals, and there's really no clear definition of what the gambling revenue is going to be bringing into the table, I would pop the brakes and, and take my damn time in trying to vote on this. It, you, there's no, there is no time. There is no yeah. deadline. You're still under the current CBA uh, through the end of the season right now. Whatever this faux timeline that ownership is trying to put in, yeah. I I would not I would not push forward with that. And D. Maurice Smith is like he's on board with this. He typically tries to crank up the rhetoric before a work stoppage and says like, "Oh, we're going to have a 2-year lockout." Yeah. And a couple of people were reporting at the Super Bowl it was it was nothing like that and I don't I don't know. I just so, I think once this comes about and they vote on it and it's probably going to get pushed through. Yeah. 
after the fact, they're all going to be like, oh, this was a bad deal. And then the well, Russell Wilson's of the I'm world glad are going to be like, I'm glad I you, told you. I'm glad you brought that up because there's something very interesting happening. And these are my three takeaways from the CBA negotiations, right? Number one, this um, idea that a lot of the higher profile players are pissed off, but the middle of the pack players are okay with this deal. Because this deal was geared towards the middle of the player pack. Because right. they, they can vote in numbers, right? They can vote and still get the majority and the higher profile players have no fucking say in it. And this is a brilliant move by the owners, right? Number one. Number two, this whole notion that this thing is moving on too quickly, I don't buy that one bet. This thing has been negotiated for 10 months. 10 months is almost a year. This thing has been negotiated back and forth for 10 months. I think, and this is point three, there's this massive... Um, I guess there's not trust or maybe there's not communication that's happening from the people that are negotiating for the last 10 months and the actual players. Maybe it's the players that are actually in the, playing in the, in the regular season. They don't have time to sit down and look at this shit and now they're finally looking at it. But the idea of, well, the owners just threw something out there that wasn't agreed to is complete bullshit. That's not, that's not how negotiations work. Like you can't, you can't negotiate for 10 months and then when it comes time to a vote, you completely change something and the owners say, this is a new deal. That's not how it works, you know? Right, right. But like the fact of, yeah, they have been negotiating for 10 months, but when the upper committee that is that votes whether or not they should recommend it in front of the player board, where some of these people are in part of the negotiations... But, but how did they get to that point that they can actually vote on that deal? How did, how did 10 months of negotiating get to a point where they can actually agree on that vote? And then they declined that. So well, like, from the owner side of things, vote? the owner side of things, um, David Sampson, he has a podcast on CBS called... Um, uh, nothing personal. He's a former executive of the Florida Marlins and now the Miami Marlins. And he explained that, it, at least if you compare it to what Major League Baseball does, it's pretty similar, where you have a collective bargaining meeting, you have all the owners, you have all the presidents sit there, and they go over the bullet points, and the owners suggest things that should be in there, and then the lawyers and the commissioner decide, hey, we'll do this and we'll do that, like we heard you guys, and this is what we think it should be. So yeah. there is a little bit of a disconnect between what people want in bullet points and what the lawyers and the, the commissioner end up putting through in front of everybody. The one thing I, I have a hard time with the players in general is they can't seem to stand together. Like Oh, so we can soon you never. Like, that's the issue. Like, yeah. D. Maurice Smith has never been a popular guy. And I think this is my biggest issue with just this whole debacle is, dude, like, your representatives negotiated before you for 10 months and now all of a sudden you have all this uproar? What were you doing for 10 months? I get you're in the middle of the season, but pay attention a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just find it fascinating that this whole players organization is so, like, so, like, erratic with their with their opinions, right? Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's going to win out. From everything that everything is coming out, this is so focused on the middle of the pack players that don't make too much money that they're going to obviously win out. And, right, because they're going to get a $100,000 pay bump pretty much. Yeah. And, I mean, barring something unforeseen, it's probably going to get pushed through. And, you know, the, again, this is probably one of the – I'm a union guy. I've worked in jobs where – I've been part of unions before and I've started studied labor relations in college and it was one of my favorite classes. And this is probably one of the weakest unions yeah. ever is, you know, D. Maurice Smith. He's never been a popular guy. He, yeah. he got the job when Gene Upshaw died mm -hmm. and th they had that, that he needs temporary to go. work stop. But who's going to take, th that's the issue is he does need oh, to go, can find somebody. but no, but there's no candidates that come out and say, yeah, I'm going to come out. I want to be part of this. I think they had a vote one time yeah. 
this was like maybe five years ago, and that was shut down. They voted they voted D. Maurice Smith back in there. So yeah. I don't know what the what the the union body is thinking. But this is one of the weakest unions ever, and I think they're going to find out the hard way when they leave a lot of money on the table yep. because ownership is projecting that about 40 states are going to actually legalize gambling uh, during the life of the CBA. And the definitions of gambling and what the revenue is has not been clearly put in place with the bullet point of some of the talking points that were sent out to the players union. Yeah. So another thing that I want to bring up is I, I always uh, I always thought that the CBAs for MLB and, and, and the NBA had a clause saying everything was guaranteed. Turns out that's not true. Well, the contracts are. The contracts are, but the CBA never mandates owners to do that. It's just the, the players having a unified voice, and maybe it's because there's not 53 guys on a team. It's only 12 or, like, 14 max. 25-man 25 25 rosters. But the issue with at the NFL, and, uh, Albert Breer pointed this out too, uh, is the NFL still has the funding rule. This is back when, uh, according to Breer, uh, the NFL teams back in the day, they weren't making money and players didn't know if they're actually going to get a paycheck that week. Yeah. So the, te- the teams in the league as a whole had to fund you know, certain amount of, of money, every dollar in a contract. So right now with the funding rule, any team can guarantee up to, I think, $50 million of their salary cap. Anything above $50 million has to be funded by the, the league. Mm-hmm. So Kirk Cousins' contract is guaranteed, but only $50 million of it is guaranteed by the, the, the Minnesota Vikings, and everything else is guaranteed by the rest of the, the clubs involved in, in the NFL. Yeah. And that's been like the crux of the issue of oh we can't guarantee fifty three or fifty two man fifty two contracts which is real which is realistic like yeah. I mean if you, if you guaranteed every contract and one guy that's making you know four years and fifty million dollars or whatever it may be blows his knee out or he he gets or he ends up getting paralyzed like Shazier you yeah. know unfortunately, unfortunately imagine yeah. if that contract was fully guaranteed yeah. that, that that kills the salary cap. Yeah. So yeah. there was also some rumblings of uh, there might be a uh, like just a quarterback salary cap kind of thing separate from the actual salary mm-hmm. cap, just because that throws everything out of whack because how big the salaries are. I think if they were if they were able to neg- fix what the dead cap situation is, like look at look at Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions, like they're not going anywhere fast. Yeah. And if they could trade Stafford for draft picks and retool things, that would probably help the Lions in the long term within the next three or four years. But it would cost the Lions almost $32 million in dead cap just yeah. to trade him. Yeah. But then again, that's kind of built in to not, you know, give outlandish, stupid, dumb contracts. Actually have the contracts worth something, you know? Right. But I don't know. I mean, if you, you, if you want to get around, like, the guaranteed money thing, then fix the dead cap situation. Yeah. And by the way, it's also interesting, too, is in this proposed CBA, when it comes to player conduct uh, yeah. punishment... Yeah, the whole Roger Goodell thing, it's still in there. Well, it, would, it wouldn't go to just... Roger wouldn't be the judge, jury, and executioner. It would be a committee of other people. But the appeals would, goes back to Roger, right? right? So the, essentially, even if you get a hand, you get a settlement, you get, you get some sort of decision by the committee... The, the player appeals. If the player appeals well, the punishment... The player then, will appeal most of the time, you know what I'm right. saying? Right, but if it's a committee of people, instead of one guy that's judge, jury, and executioner, yeah. you have a couple 
couple other people whose thoughts may be involved yeah. that may be a little bit more well, fair. The way but, I see it, this is just a tricky. This is a tricky way of getting around that. You know how the player is so so pissed off that Roger was the judge during executioner, and now what he's saying is, sure, as a community, I'll decide. You know, obviously, any uh, any issues that come up come up. But at the end of the day, that appeal will still go back to him, and he he can still do all the fuck he wants at that point. Right, but it goes back to this summer with Tyree Kill. Yeah, I was on here wanting to bury him underneath Arrowhead. Yeah, a lot of other people were ready he to bury him underneath Arrowhead. And he ended up getting off scot-free. Antonio Brown has the longest investigation I can ever think of. And I think a lot of why AB's investigation has been dragged out is the waiting to see what happens with the new CBA. If it goes through with the new CBA, they'll probably come out that, hey, either the player, the, the punishment committee sees this or, or X, Y, Z. But I think that's why this has been in a holding pattern is who's going to actually come down with the punishment. Is it Roger or is it a committee of three to five other people the, voting the, on this? This is how I see the Antonio Brown committee meeting going. They, they, he walks in, sits down, and the committee's like, oh, thank you, Mr. Brown, for joining us today. And then he just takes out a bag of gummy peanut and throws it at them. That's, that's the, how the meeting will go. We'll see. <laughs> and then, yell, everything's unfair. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. You know? But other than that, the other main things for us football fans coming out of the CB is the fact there's going to be a 17-game schedule. Yeah. There's going to be uh, three preseason games, right? Um, on top of that, there's going to be an extra playoff team getting in. So it'll be seven on each side. Great. So 14 like in total. Um, essentially, about 48% of the league will get into the playoffs. Um, now, in regards to games added, let's say, for example, the Green Bay Packers this year would have played two extra games. That's yeah, but, a lot more, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't want I don't want it like the NBA. Like it's gonna dilute everything. I mean, people were screaming bloody murder with the fact that uh, a below five hundred team might win a division in the NFC East, mm-hmm. and they want to add like two other two other teams in total to bring it to almost half the field. Like, nah. Like this is this has been one of like the best formats for playoffs. Yeah. Like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like I get it. You've been getting a lot of heat because of this passing interference and what how does replay work and all this other stuff but don't like try to you know divert the attention from that to oh we'll have expanded playoffs like i want i love football i want to see more football too but i don't want to see like thursday night football in a playoff game like absolutely not it like if you want to have an extra game okay fine you want to expand the playoff field nope i'm all set so what would you rather have you rather have the extra playoff game over the expanded field no i'd rather i'd rather have if you want to have like a 17th game okay fine i don't want freaking 40 percent 45 percent of the league in a playoff game yeah no i'm all set absolutely not now was it something said along the lines of we need this extra game to well, the, the 17th, revenue share, the seventeenth game would be the reason why you get a bump in bump in pay in like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars or whatever. Well, it's an extra, I guess it's an extra, extra percentage point, which is what uh, five billion over ten years, which is like, like hundred thousand. Well, depending per... on you know what the the league shield, uh, the league shill, and Ad, Adam Schefter is tweeting, yeah. whether or not it's an extra five billion or not. Well, you know what's funny? You can always tell who's, who's in, the in the pocket of what because it looks like Adam Schefter is getting his paycheck straight from the NFL at yeah. this point. And then right? when he got called out for how it's like the highest percentage out of any North American sport, and like yeah. beat writers for the NHL, ML be an NBA called him out on it he had to do like a whole separate post of how like the math and carrying the one this is this is why I think we had this conversation earlier on 
These billionaires are smart. They know what they're doing. I'm sure he's getting some sort of kickback or something being threatened saying, well, all your sources are in the NFL front office. And if you don't say this, this and that, like the way the owners operate, they're not rich for no fucking reason. They're smart people. Like, and that's my biggest issue with the players union. I mean, there's no players union. It's just a bunch of morons thinking for themselves. Like they're not committed. They're not unified. And I think that starts from leadership up top, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, no. I and, and it's the owners playing on, you know, like the in the words of like Karl Marx, right? Like the proletariat versus the bourgeoisie. Like a lot of people that are on like the rookie contracts or on their last contract against guys that have made their money. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers did like a, a great post explaining why he voted no against putting this in front of the player body and why he's going to vote no when it comes to the final vote yeah. of, you know, the toll on the body and all this other stuff. And you know, it's funny. Time we, the have, we have the combine on right now, which will draw a massive number. That's totally fine. But could you imagine if like, like, you know how Aaron Rodgers, Oh, great example. What the pounties, what, what team are they on though? The Steelers, right? Uh, one's in the Steelers. And then one is on the Chargers. So let's say like the whole team has to get together, like on a Skype call to talk about this deal. Right. And then all of a sudden you hear like Marcus Pouncey joining on a Skype call. Like that would be gold. That'd be entertainment. Like it would get a rating through the fucking roof. Could you imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> That have to be after the fact, though. Might be a couple of legal issues. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, long story short, long-winded answer. Yeah. It's probably going to get pushed through. I say take your goddamn time and and really look at this before you get sandbagged like the last CBA where nobody really made money until the last couple of years prior to this moment right now. And then two years in, you got raked over the coals because you gave up way too much power to Roger Goodell. Yeah. Yeah, on the other hand, I see this as I absolutely love this. I, lo- I love everything coming out of the uh, the new CBA. I love the more games per per the seventeenth game, the more playoff games. I absolutely love all that. Um, the funniest thing out of this whole thing I find fascinating is the owners have set this fake deadline. That means absolutely that's what nothing. I don't understand, and, this and is the why players are buying into it. I don't get this. <laughs> D. Maurice Smith is an idiot. Is he in the pocket of the NFL owners somehow? What's messed up is, like, he's never really gotten along with Goodell. Like, they've had a lukewarm relationship at best up until this point. And now it just seems like him and a couple other people are are, are willing to push this through, you know, just at any cost kind of of deal. And I – no, no. There's too many questions about – what the gambling revenue is going to do, how is it going to factor into, you know, the collective percentage of, of revenue share and and all this stuff. I, I say pop the brakes and, and actually sit down and negotiate this damn thing. Yeah. All right, cool. So moving on to the combine is going on as we speak. Myself and DePuma took in uh, Thursday night's action with the wide receivers and quarterbacks. Uh, last night was the running backs, and tonight's just a defensive event on defensive linemen. Uh, which is Saturday night. And I think we're not going to go like way too in deep because at the end of the day, what happens in the combine doesn't really matter for NFL purposes, right? Um, but it's just something fun to talk about. Now, I think we'll break it down as in quarterback first. Do you want to start with sure. that? Because I think the person that stood out for me the most just off of pure athleticism with Jalen Hurts. Um, at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts' numbers that, uh, that he ran um, and the uh, metrics. Let me pull this up real quick while. Oh, the Wi-Fi is very slow here. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> turn I mean, back over to. I mean, he, Jalen Hurts had like the he had the fastest forty time. He had a decent three cone drill uh, drill time. I think his forty his forty yeah. time was like so his forty. I got it here is four point five nine seconds. 
Um, he had a vertical jump of 35, and then his broad jump was 10-5. So really good numbers, man. He was a top performer out of all the uh, the quarterbacks. Um, the other person that really kind of wowed me with his speed was Justin Herbert. Um, he ran a really good number, and at the end of the day, the way I see the combine is all those drills really don't mean nothing except for the speed drills. Like, at the end of the day, you cannot teach speed. It's something you're born with um, or you have. You just cannot teach it in the NFL. So I think the one, the one you know, uh, the test that I look out for the most are the speed drills. And I think Jalen and both Justin Herbert came out uh, with flying colors in both of those drills. Yeah, I mean, I think Jalen Hurts helped himself a lot. Um, I, I mean, I had him going more like a day two, day three kind of guy, like uh, maybe – at the highest in the third round, I think somebody watching the combine and let's assume that he has a similar pro day. Oh, the run's gonna come. The is, running quarterbacks are gonna yeah, come. Yeah, but I mean, Jalen Hurts. I don't. I don't have Jalen Hurts as a first round guy. No, no, no second round. Se- at, second at the round. highest, yeah. I think somebody's gonna be reaching a little bit for him. You know, the the mold that people want to put him in is like a, a Taysom Hill kind of guy, and I don't think that's really fair. I think he's been a little bit more durable than than what Taysom Hill was at BYU. Uh, but he he helped his draft stock a lot. Uh, Justin Herbert he he looked good. Like the the arm looked live, yeah. especially pushing the ball down the field. But it just seemed like he was aiming it too much in the short yeah. inter- intermediate. And that's always stuff. been a knock on him. And like you know, it's been a knock, and it was a knock going into this year. It's why he went back. I think one of the reasons why he went back to school was to to help his draft stock a little bit. And you know he. He's not the the loudest guy in the room. I, I guess a comp would be Jay, not Jay Cutler, because Jay Cutler just doesn't care. <laughs> Jay he's smoking, he's smoking Newports, but My like man a, Jay Cutler, like a Joe Flacco kind of guy. But like you know, against a competition where it's just you, the air, and the wide receiver that you're throwing to, he, he seemed to just be aiming the ball and, and just didn't want to let it go. And, yeah. and and that was that's my big knock on him, Jordan Love. He missed a couple of throws here and there, but at least like the the release, the, the, it was smooth. It was smooth, fast, easy. The ball had a lot of zip on it. He spun it really good. Had a decent uh, three cone drill time. Had a decent uh, forty time for how big he is. I mean, he's like what six seven or some shit like that. Has like ten and a half inch hands. He's he's a big lanky guy. And I think it's going to be fun to see where he lands up. I think he helped this draft stock a lot. I've been high on this guy for a while. You want him for the Dolphins, don't you? I mean, if he was, to, if the Dolphins were to pick a quarterback, one, I don't want them to pick a quarterback this year. I think they have a lot more holes they need to fill with the three first-round draft picks than just starting off at quarterback. But if for some reason, and people in the Dolphins organization have interviewed this guy, and he's interviewed well on top of – you know, the mental makeup that he has and the arm talent and the athleticism, uh, they have him as a first-round grade. And a lot of people have him going tentatively to the top 10, maybe top 15. As much as I would be happy if he lands in the Dolphins, I think if he's able to find his way to the Indianapolis Colts with Frank Reich to, to, to mentor this kid, to bring him along, teach him in the system, hold the clipboard for a year. I think that would help a lot with his development because his 2018 stats and tape are the ceiling. And if his stats last year with only you know himself and one other offensive lineman and a whole new coaching staff are the floor, I mean, I would rather take my chance with this guy than Justin Herbert. That's just me. 
Uh, moving to the wide receivers, right? So two people stood out for me from the wide receivers group. Now, one is somebody you've heard of. He's on the national stage. He plays for Alabama. Mr. Henry Ruggs III had a great showing. He ran the 40-yard dash in 4.27 seconds. His vertical jump was 42, and his broad jump was 10-11. So obviously, he he checked off all the boxes that you know we had no doubts about it. He's going to be a first-round pick, no issues at all. Now, the person that kind of stole the show for me from day one was our boy Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. He was a tweener between a wide receiver and tight end from what most NFL teams saw him at. But after his time that he ran a 4.42 at about 6'3", 6'4", kind of that Calvin Johnson body type, people are like, yeah, he's a wide receiver. Like, he has the speed to get down the field. Additionally, his vertical jump was 4'5", and his broad jump was 10'6". Like, I think this kid showed out. I think this kid put himself on the national map. I think there's a good chance, if not, some some team might take him, like, late first, early second might be a good place for him but i mean this kid looks like calvin johnson to me running down the field man yeah yeah no he looked great uh the two wide receivers that stuck out to me was cd lamb out of oklahoma i mean oh, he, monster absolute he, monster he was a savage in that the the attempt at a at a you know end zone fade drill that the quarterbacks did he he did the toad the the toe drag swag with the barrel roll and the shoulder shrug at the end i mean he looked good he looked fast he had a great 40 time uh, he, he looked the part. Uh, I think he's the best wide receiver in this class far and away. And the other guy that stood out to me uh, was TCU's Jalen Rager. Uh, he looked explosive, 42-inch vertical, 11-inch foot broad jump. Uh, and he had a decent 40 time as well, too. He, he's a wide receiver. He can play in special teams, super versatile. I think he could find his way at the end of the first round as well, too. Uh, ben Albright, he's the NFL insider. He, he, does, he covers the Denver Broncos, and he's a correspondent for Pro Football Network. Spoke with a couple of scouts leading up to the combine drill on Thursday. <coughs> and, uh, and a couple of people were saying that, this guy out of TCU has a little bit more upside, possibly, than C.D. Lamb. So um, that's big. That's big praise. That's, that's interesting to yeah. see right there. Yeah, and just, I agree with you. C.D. Lamb is the best wide receiver prospect coming out of college. Like I think whoever drafts him, I think the Cardinals should pair him up with Kyler Murray. Just because they got that connection from Oklahoma, and that would be amazing to see. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right now, I saw a couple of um, mock drafts have him going to the Cowboys, which would be kind of really interesting as well. Yeah. Um, so, we'll see what happens with that. Moving on to day two, which was yesterday. On Friday, um, the running backs came out. A lot of the – some of the bigger names like J.K. Dobbins didn't um, didn't run uh, his 40-yard dash from Ohio State. But the guy that stole the show for me was Jonathan Tiller out of Wisconsin. Yeah. Now, we all knew Jonathan Tiller could put up those stats in uh, in college just because he was running, through, running behind a massive offensive line. But his number of 439 in a 40-yard dash is absolutely amazing. Dude, a really big bulky kid like that running 439, it's a really good number. That's faster than Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins. Like, that, that's some serious speed right there on top of that his vertical jump was 36 and his broad jump was 10-3 i think he did great for his uh for his draft stock at the at the combine uh kind of really turned some heads yeah uh, i mean the only guy that stuck out to me i i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie to you after watching a bunch of 300 pounders run a straight line for a while <laughs> i i kind of zoned out after yeah. after the quarterbacks and wide receivers on on the combine day but the one that stuck out to me was Makai Brockton. Uh, he's an offensive lineman, I believe, out of Louisville. And he's like 350-plus That's a big boy. That's I think he's boy. like 360-something. Jesus. He ran almost a five-flat in the 40-yard dash. Oh now, That's faster than Brady. <laughs> now, one, 
I think the 40-yard dash is a little overrated, especially with an offensive lineman. They're never going to yeah. have to run in a yeah. straight line. Yeah. But the fact that a guy... Now, sometimes they got to pull. That, that's the corner, fine, but, it? like, I mean, a couple of people... Is, Qu- is Quinton Nelson known as a forty for a good 40 time? I, I don't think so. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of the 40 time. But long story short, a man that big that could run in a straight line like that is massively impressive. And he's one of the top offensive linemen on the board and uh, I wouldn't be that upset if the Dolphins took an offensive lineman at five. So if they went after this guy or the kid out of Alabama, I forget his name, but he had a decent showing as well, too, yesterday. Uh, I wouldn't complain that much. So decent decent day for the offensive lineman. Nice. Uh, today we're watching this together. The defensive lineman and the linebackers were out there doing Isaiah their drills. Isaiah Simmons is really awesome. And that's, that's who is for me as well. Isaiah Simmons kind of blew me away today. He ran a 40-yard dash at 4-3 uh, now, which is the same number that – um, Jonathan Taylor ran his 40-yard dash out, which is faster than those three wide receivers I just mentioned, Julio, OBJ, and DeAndre. And this kid is a fucking linebacker. This kid's like 6'4", bulky. Um, I do believe, uh, listen, I'm an Ohio State guy, so I believe Chase Young's the number one defensive player in the in the draft. At number two, man, I believe Jeff Okuda just because he's an Ohio State guy, but I would not fault people for taking Isaiah Simmons number two as the, best, as the number two best defensive player. The dude can do everything on the field, and he's like the ultimate gadget player. He's like, Bill Belichick would love him because he'd move around like 19 different spots in the defense. Um, I don't think he falls past four. I don't think I don't think I, Simmons I goes that. past the Giants. There's no way. I believe that. I believe he'll be with Giants. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think the Lions might take him. Giants or Lions. If the Lions yeah. don't trade down, yeah. I think you're going to see him in Motor City. Yep. Matt Patricia would be like he would be an instant game changer mm-hmm. on a mm-hmm. defense that was towards the bottom of the league last yep. year. And the defense uh, up in Detroit already has a decent secondary. Second there with Darius Slay. That's assuming Slay stays. That's true, yeah. Um, but I think uh, I think that kid coming into Motor City would do wonders for him. Yep. Now it's funny because like this is why shit organizations like the Lions have these kind of issues. Darius Slay's walking out the door and they're gonna draft another cornerback right behind him. Why don't you just somehow keep him, right? Figure out which not mismanage everything, figure out some way to keep him and take an Isaiah Simmons. That's how you get better, you know what I'm saying? No. I mean, they, they fired Jim Caldwell, Jesus who's brought them Christ. winning well, seasons well, for four years for a guy that, one, uses a, a pencil on a laminated piece of paper yeah, well, and well, has that's, been that's underachieving. That's my problem with shit organizations and mismanagement <laughs> like that, right? Dyer Slay is a good cornerback in this league. He's probably going to walk from what, what it sounds like, right? Mm-hmm. And they got to draft Jeff Acuda to replace him, another cornerback. What if you can keep Dyer Slay and draft Isaiah Simmons and also you have two powerhouses on the defense? Like, is this too much common sense? Apparently, shit organizations, bro. According to Matt Patricia and Dan Quinn and the, the great great granddaughter of, of Henry Ford. Did you see where um, the number one overall draft pick, Joe Burrow, is going to retire because uh, his hands were nine inches uh, long? Yes, I did. Such a joke. I chuckled at that a little bit. Such a joke. <laughs> and you know what? Like, he goes to the Bengals. Like, yeah. th- that team's not. I know they were bad last year, Brandon. But they get they get Jonah Williams. They Brandon. get Jonah Williams back, Brandon. You have to assume they're gonna tag AJ Green. Joe Mixon ran like his hair was on fire the last five weeks of the season last year. It was not about talent. Nobody's saying there's no talent on the team. Well, you heard those stories about Mike Brown, right? Hey, for a it span, comes down from the top, hey, brother. For a span of five years, he spent more money than than Jerry Jones at one point. Now that's saying something. How about that hard knocks? Um, that was a good time with the with the Bengals. Where he sat in the the room with all the coaches and said, yeah, let's move this defensive end player over to tight end. And nobody had the ball to say anything to him. Well, he's also GM. Or he was also GM at the time. Like, 
I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. You need to know about Mike Brown. The guy's a lunatic. Yeah, so is Jerry Jones when people say he's a genius. No. Nobody says Jerry Jones is a genius. Oh, pfft. Who says that? Talk to Skip Bayless. He's, oh, yeah. Skip Bayless is a character. No, too. like all I'm, saying, people. all I'm saying, I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but you yeah. put Joe Burrow out there, you have, you, you tag A.J. Green, you got Tyler Boyd, John Ross, if you can stay healthy, Joe Mixon, you have Jonah Williams anchoring that offensive line, and a couple of people that they had to move around because they're a triage unit. That line did pretty decent towards the end of the year. They could they could surprise some people. I'm not saying they win the division, but they're going to be more than what like a two three win team for sure. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you can't get you can't get any worse than what they were last year. Like, well, I don't know, one or two wins, right? Like, come on, right? Who knows? But I the more I look at this, and I know he won't do it because he doesn't. He's not that kind of person. From from everything I read online and see who he is, kind of thing. I don't think he has the balls to pull that power move to get out of there just because it's, I'm sure at the end of the day, his heartstrings are in Southern Ohio from where he's from, right down the street. Um, he said, like, he could leave the facility and be at home for dinner with his family if he needed to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's always big, but, like, my God, dude, you're going to a situation where you're not going to win. Like, you're going to be on the back end of a milk carton for 12 years, and then you're going to be fucking pushed out of the league like Andy Dolan is. Like, you're not going to beat the Ravens. Nah, Andy Dolan's going to New England. It's not going to get pushed out. At the end of the day, you're not going to beat the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, who they are, right? I don't know. With the seventh, with the seventh playoff team, they might squeak in next year. <laughs> On top of that, the Steelers. I mean, for as bad as they were last year with all the injuries, they were still in contention. To so imagine if Big Ben has one, maybe two good years yeah, left that, in him. That would have been a great playoff game: Duck Hodges versus Mahomes in Kansas City. And then on top of that, you never know what the fucking Browns are going to do. Who knows if they got resurgence next year? Like, I don't see them winning the next three, four years in that division. And if you're not going to win the division, then what do you? you doing just fucking barely making the playoffs every year like best of luck joe burrow have fun brother i don't know, you know? i don't know i got a little bit more faith i did like the uh the retweet from patrick mahomes though that was good like, they also told me you know so you're fine brother yep yep this player caught was actually jay cutler fun fact who was it patrick mahomes he was also a 5.67 ranked uh out of what was it like out of 10 or some shit uh, draft profile and his comp was Jay Cutler. Oh my and God! The, Are you serious? And, and the scouting report was that he would drive. He was going to drive coaches nuts and not work through the progressions and and all this other stuff. So well, funny. Part of them are true with that. I mean, they're such a big play offense that he's looking for that big play every single time. There, we had this conversation earlier in the year where they had stretches where they couldn't score and they were scoring bunches. Yeah, and that's because of sloppy play from Patrick Mahomes. Like he simply does get sloppy sometimes. Obviously, he's talented enough where he can overcome that, and that offense can overcome that. But I tell you what, if he did that with the Bengals, he would not be winning anything. Well, that's fine. <laughs> if he played that way, that he's playing with the with the with the Chiefs, with the Bengals, they wouldn't be winning shit. You know, it's fine. Tyreek Hill and a fucking Nicole Hardman and all that shit. It's fine. Joe Burrow is going to be the resurgence of the Bengals. Dad, I, I mean, if I was him, I'd probably hold out. It's hard to hold out because of what the current CBA and what the new CBA is probably going to be. Is it's almost impossible to to hold out from a team yeah. like Elway and stuff. But uh, I think that's what I think that's what the players should be fighting for. I mean, they still have the franchise tag. Like they gotta go. It with takes the, forever to vest. Like I know this is a very um, out there theory, but they gotta go away with the draft. Like which which other job in America do you get drafted into? 
MLB. You, us as Americans, we choose where we want to work. Like, I don't get drafted into working for Trade Wind Aviation or Clay Lacey Aviation. I pick where I want to go. And it's funny that these kids are like, well, unfortunately, you got to go here. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, what's he going to do? He's going to go, is he going to pull a Jim Kelly and go to the USFL, but this time it's the XFL? Like, yeah, I mean, he, of course, the, the NFL has him over a barrel here. Like, he has to go to the, the Bengals. There's no way he's going to get out of that. But I think this is something that the uh, players should be fighting in the CBA, man. You know? What, get rid of the draft? Get rid of the draft. Yeah. You know what oh, You have an easier time getting rid of the franchise tag, which I think is stupid. But uh, uh, So the CBA, uh, one last thing. The franchise tag, is it from two down to one in the yeah, new Yeah, from two to one, agreement? and it still takes like four years to, to vest in and all this other stuff. I just don't know what the language is. Is it one franchise tag throughout your entire career? Or is it just one franchise tag while you're on that team? Or or whatnot. So that's what is holding up free... It's probably going to hold up free agency at some point. Depending yeah. on what this, the new CBA landscape is going to be. It's yeah. what, you know We're in the middle of the franchise tag window right now. But really nobody's tagging anybody because they don't know if they're going to have two tags or one. The only one that we know is getting tagged is Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And rightfully so. You can't let that man walk. But, you know, that's what the Cowboys issue is, is are they going to tag Cooper Are they with the, the transition tag? Are they going to tag Dak Prescott with the exclusive tag, which would get him $33 million? And, and all this stuff. So that's kind of what's hanging in limbo here. And, you know, speaking of Dak real quick, yeah, I know we have him. to wrap at some point. Right, bro, take your time, but bro. Dak Prescott, if I'm him and you don't give me a contract that's like $40 million a year or whatever, I'm not I'm not taking a pay cut because I'm a cowboy and I get all these deals with yeah. Dan Ain and, yeah. and all this other nonsense and the sleep number bed. No, if you're not going to give me – Forty million a year, yep. then you can franchise tag me, and I'll just Kirk Cousins my way this to is, free agency. This is what I would say if I was Dak Prescott or Jerry Jones. What if Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback of this team? Would you pull this bullshit with him? Obviously, Dak is not Patrick Mahomes, but to them, there's no other option here. And here's the thing with Jerry: it's like you want to pay Dak now because if Patrick yep. Mahomes gets forty, he will, and you and you tag Dak Prescott with the thirty-three million dollar exclusive tag, and he does stats like he did this past season and a little bit better, he's going to be making more money per year than Pat. Brennan, you, you I, might as well pay him now. Those numbers on the Patrick Mahomes contract are going to be staggering. Yep. Like, when that comes out, that dude's going to have a hell of a day. Yep. He's going to have a hell of a week, man. Yep. He'll go out to buy whatever he wants. Yep. Imagine, like, having okay money now to having $40 million a year for 10 fucking years or whatever the number is. Yep. Unbelievable. And, that, and that's why Jerry should pay him right now. Let me ask you a question. The salary cap keep going, keep, keeps going up $10 million a year. Um, it's up to about two hundred million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. It was one hundred eighty-ish last year, one hundred eighty-seven or whatever it was. So about twelve million dollars more. I think over the last like what seven years, it's gone up ten million dollars a pop, right? So like so salaries are going up as well. But you see in the NBA and the MLB that the salaries are kind of uh, plateauing, right? Do you think there's a time in about ten years the NFL will catch up to the MLB and NBA contracts? Probably not, only because the the salaries of the players aren't tied to the salary cap. Like the increase in the salary cap does yeah. not really coincide with, you know, the the floor of the minimum salary. Get like there's going to be a cutoff point, and then at some point the salary cap's going to be more than what the even like the low man of the totem pole is going well, no, no, to be. No, I get that. I'm not talking about the lowest person on the 53rd man of the roster. I'm talking like the higher numbers, right? So right. like those, those mean, higher like, quarterback numbers will get to the higher pitcher numbers. You know what I'm saying? 
Like four hundred million for what might no, I don't think well, so. Well, four hundred million for ten years is forty million dollars a year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's all guaranteed. Well, that, the NFL's well, not course. guaranteed. Well, besides that. the guaranteed number, like you, I mean, yeah, you could say like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is going to get like ten years and three hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, but you know, I'm years, just talking numbers wise, like years, on paper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, year seven through ten is going to be funny money. I mean, yeah. look at Michael Thomas. Yeah. Like he says he's a hundred million dollar whatever not, wide no. receiver. Uh, that's just to make him feel better. He's you know what like ninety seven and change, yeah. but everything else in the back end is funny money. Yeah, like it's no different than the Uno cards I have in my kitchen right now. Dude, that was a hell of a game last week. Mm-hmm. That, that Uno game got a test. Yes, it did. I was not happy. Yes, it did. I suck at Uno. But I don't think they're going to get to that point with getting close to MLB and and NBA numbers. And and it's funny because, you know, what was it? Um, Tony Romo just got paid Brinks truck status money. And all these players are like, nope, I'm voting no on the CBA now. Like, And it's like, well, it's really not like. Coinciding with anything, but okay. the funny part about the NBA is there's backup centers that are trash. They're sitting on the bench. They're making eight million, guaranteed. Dude, it's unbelievable <laughs> some of the numbers that these backup centers just sitting on the bench are making. The NBA, yeah. man, oh my god. Obviously, I guess only twelve players on a team, and it's not fifty-three, so I get that. But dude, I tell you what, if you have a kid that's athletic, have him go to the MLB or go to uh, the NBA. Yeah, maybe my football. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Speaking of, do you have anything else you want to get to? No, that's pretty much it. Speaking we'll find f- out more about the CBA later on this week. So the next big um, calendar on the NFL season is going to be the free agency uh, opening period, uh, March 18th, which is going to be a mad dash for our Instagram account. <laughs> yep. I'll take that. We. I'll take that. I might uh, take that day off from work. <laughs> I'm going to take that uh, afternoon off from work. So. Yep. <laughs> um, so March 18th is going to be the next big event. We'll be back in three weeks on March 21st with our free agency recap. That'll give us about two, three days for everything to settle down. Yeah. Um, the first day will be some big trade, um, the big deals. The second day, some big deals will come out as well. And then we have a couple of deals trickling on Friday and Saturday. So by the time we get to the podcast on the 21st of March, we'll have a good, good understanding of the free agency landscape for the 2020 season of the NFL. Yeah. Other than that, my man, it's good to be back. Yes, sir. Um, do you have anything else you want to get to? No, that's it, man. That's all I got. Let's give a quick shout out to our regulars. Um, our, so, my, so our boys from Van Nuys came out to Oxford. Yeah. And uh, D. Harris, big fan, right? And then uh, D. Harris was telling me about how uh, Mikey P, any single time we give him a shout out, like it makes his week. Like Mikey he gets, P? He gets so excited. So hammer time. Hammer this is for time. you, brother. This is for you, right? Uh, so Dan was telling me that he would just like – play your Instagram videos in the office. He'll just recap from the beginning. Yo, this is the Puma, your intro. Oh, shit. He loves your intro. So give him the intro on, on the on the, on the the podcast, bro. I got you. I got you. The, oh, my God. <laughs> he said, so Dan was like, he would literally just play a 16, 16 times over with your intro in the office. It was just What's refresh. up? It's your boy, the Puma. It's your boy, the Puma. <laughs> your boy, the Puma. D. Harris, it's your boy, the Puma. Glad I can make uh, the office out there. Hopefully Austin's listening as well. Austin is, uh, he's also the outside sales department out there he came out to uh, to oxford good guy um hopefully he's listening as well so you guys out there keep supporting us we appreciate it uh, yep. my man kenny back there in the office as well if you're listening thank you hey ron the viking a. fan a. ryan the vikings fan hopefully he's listening he was in wisconsin uh, for some reason the other oh. day um and yeah thanks for your support everybody yeah yeah you know the ogs of the pod we got freddie gonna hit you with the you're fired in a second got the sarah o's in the world got can the i get freddie the uh the you're fired yeah that's all you babe uh, and all the folks up in the 603, it's good to be back. We'll be back a little bit more frequently after uh, 
after free agency. But real quick before you hit Freddie with the fire. Uh, so you can find this episode and previous ones on uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, you name it. You can find it anywhere. It's been a long time since I plugged anything. Uh, How now, Brown Cow? How now, Brown Cow? How, I'm getting ready over here. How now, Brown Cow? <laughs> SoundCloud, you're, Spotify, you're you're Google fired. Play, you're S- fired. Stitcher. You're fired. You can find us on you're Keep going. I'm just, Instagram and Facebook at, at Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter <coughs> at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. I'm my throat right now. Get like, ready. subscribe, download, share. Uh, this will be released on Monday, just in time for your morning commute. And uh, I'll turn this over to Jay for the You're Fired. Ready? You're fired! That's good. That was probably the go. best one you've ever done. There you go. That was good. That's my inner mental man. That's why we have three weeks off because your voice shot. an immediate sore throat <laughs> right now. Uh, this is bad. <laughs> As always, we love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, Condios. Like